You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and welcome to Next Question. Today, we get a look inside one of the most comfortable, sustainable, and surprising innovations in shoes— the wool sneaker from Allbirds, with the Kiwi who invented them. The idea was weird, and it was weird, and weird in a positive way. Tim Brown, along with his co-founder and co-CEO Joey Zwillinger, launched Allbirds in 2016 as a little direct-to-consumer shoe company. Tim was the creative designer from New Zealand, Joey the analytical engineer from San Francisco. Both happened to be soccer players, and neither had any experience in footwear. Largely, this was going to succeed or fail, at least in the first instance, by by how strong that partnership was. And this entrepreneurial thing is like another marriage, enormous pressure, not to mention the financial risk, there is also the public risk of something just being bad. And yet, less than four years later, Allbirds is a $1.4 billion company with retail stores around the world and big plans to expand into other fashion realms. So my next question, how did Allbirds become the little shoe company that could? I recently had the chance to interview Tim Brown for our very first Next Question Live, an intimate innovation-focused series in front of a live audience in New York City. The last time I saw you, you interviewed Sheryl Sandberg on stage, and it was a pretty intense interview, so I was a little nervous. So let's do a friendly... <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. No, um, I think uh, you're not in the hot seat like Facebook Good. was at the time. I went pretty easy on Tim. We started with his background. He grew up in Wellington, New Zealand, but came to the States for college, attending the University of Cincinnati for design. Eventually, he went to the London School of Economics. But what's unique about Tim's background is that he spent the better part of his 20s as a professional athlete, 
When the rest of his friends were grinding away in offices, Tim was on the field playing soccer, or as it's known across the pond, football. I, you know, I don't think I was a natural athlete by any stretch, but I was determined and I was competitive. And uh, I, I realized at a very, very early age, I hated to lose, really, really hated to lose. And, um, and so that became a, a kind of a theme of my sporting career. And uh, you know, I kept edging towards doing a little bit more, a little bit more, and then you, you know, the goals keep expanding. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're at a World Cup in 2010. So it, it was just an incredible journey and I, I, was, uh, I was lucky. It was a journey that set the flight path to all birds. It was like a boyhood dream to be able to play uh, football professionally. And then you realize like anything else, it's a job. And there's some great things about it and some not so good things about it. One of the great things about it was you got free gear. And and I was sponsored by one of the big sportswear companies that I don't like to name. Oh, go ahead. And um, I won't. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I got lots of free gear and it was, it was cool. It was awesome. And, you know, but this idea was really born out of that. I mean, everything had logos. Um, I felt like a kind of a walking billboard at times uh, for this brand. And, and certainly in the, the, the context that I was living in, it was very, very hard to find a, a simple shoe without, without logos. So I rather naively, uh, while I was still very much focused on soccer, knee deep in, in my career, um, set out to try and see if I could make one. What Tim wanted in a shoe was something simpler. No bells, no whistles, no fuss. A design that didn't need to be thrown out and updated every year. And he didn't think he was the only one who wanted that. Did the world need another shoe brand? No, but I, I definitely saw a kind of a white space for a, for a different type of design philosophy. But the real insight came when in one of my off-seasons, I flew to a footwear factory that I found online and I walked into this whole new world that I knew absolutely nothing about. That footwear factory was in Indonesia, where Tim found a world of synthetic fabrics, cheap shoes made cheaply for maximum profit. He left the factory with a mission. I think I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a couple of thousand pairs of shoes, which was the minimum that the guy would make. And uh, I didn't have a plan much beyond that, except that I thought I might sell them to my teammates or something. Um, and that's what I did. What did you see that was missing from the landscape in terms of uh, a shoe and shoe production so it, it it becomes three things so the first one's design and i mean that's as clear to me today as any you know as, as a as kind of a minimalist who'd been trained in this idea of sort of taking things away of design as sort of the form following the function that was really clear and then it became about materials because it it, it seemed obvious to me that the the footwear industry had defaulted to making things out of synthetic materials largely based on cost and that there was an opportunity with different materials that had been overlooked. And I came back, I was back in New Zealand reading a a magazine literally about this huge decline of the wool industry in New Zealand and how they were desperate for innovation. Uh, This was a very, very important primary industry in New Zealand that had been, you know, really destroyed largely by the synthetic industry over a long period of time and was crying out for innovation. And so I applied for this grant while I was still playing soccer that was successful. That was how desperate they were. And they started making this material to make shoes out of wool. And, um, and this went on for years. Uh, and again, I mean, this is happening over so long. So I think the story starts probably 2007. And I'm still chipping away at this like three or four years later. So um, it's happening slowly. But you know, the, the, the opportunity to use ma- these different types of materials seemed, why has no one done this before? This idea seems so obvious. And everyone I talked to about it, they said, why has that not been done before? It's probably a dumb idea, but why has it not been done before? The material seemed attractive to you in terms of 
comfort and style and what else? So peak sheep in New Zealand is, is sort of 1980, circa 1980, and there's 70 million sheep, and now there's less than 30 million, 25 million, and no one in New Zealand is growing up dreaming of being a sheep farmer. So this is, this is an industry that's crying out for innovation. I get this grant. It comes out of a research lab with this material, and you know I, I subsequently go to the World Cup, um, retire, and all of a sudden show up at business school in London, which is where I went, and uh, I have this material that has largely been made for me with no restrictions. Uh, that's taken a long time and a little bit of shoemaking knowledge from my forays into Indonesia and so I, again another moment of time just to put these two things together and uh, you know you start to understand that wool is this you know, incredibly soft you know wicks away moisture this sort of really the ultimate natural performance fabric so I, I started to see the opportunities and I understood them inherently as a Kiwi I think in terms of the possibility of this material but I hadn't yet pieced together the third piece of this and how it, fit, you know, it fits into the topic of sustainability. It wasn't what I was focused on. It was the product, but that was the sort of sequence of events. And we should mention, yeah, along the way, you went to the London School of Economics and then you went to business school at Kellogg, right? Yeah. So I, I retired from sport after the World Cup. It was never going to get any better than that. And um, I decided to get serious about life at 32. And... Uh, I had an entrepreneurship class uh, at Kellogg uh, taught by a professor called Carter Cast, who uh, was a former CEO of Walmart.com, this amazing guy. And it was a, it was a 60, you know, 10 week entrepreneurship class and everyone had to pitch an idea. And uh, so I came in and there was a class not dissimilar to this in size and everyone had one minute to pitch their idea. And I got up and I said, wool shoes. And they, they voted down the ideas until there was 10 teams of six. And miraculously, uh, wool shoes got picked, and all of a sudden, I had this like six-person team at business school running at this idea in a way, in ways that that you know I'd never really thought about it. And it was just this weird moment. You have these moments. That was a moment when, if, if the idea hadn't been picked in that particular class, maybe it doesn't happen. Um, and we ran with it. When we come back, how Tim picked his partner, and how their professional marriage almost killed the Allbirds' dream. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Tim Brown was eager to see if his wool shoe idea had any traction, so he went back home to New Zealand, shot a little video on a friend's sheep farm, and posted it. 
along with the six pairs of wool shoes he had made so far on Kickstarter. We embarked on a journey to create our first shoe, designed specifically for sockless shoe wear, with as few seams as possible. A shoe that bridged sport and fashion and was as comfortable with a pair of jeans as it was in the gym. And this is a true story. Before my mum could even work out how to buy a pair on Kickstarter because she's having some technical problems with a credit card at checkout, uh, <laughs> we'd sold the thousand pairs that we could make because that's all I could uh, in four days. And it did $125,000 and it, my, my phone didn't stop buzzing and I had to switch it off because of the trajectory it was on and not being able to deliver on the, on the, on the, on the product. So were, were you shocked? I, I was shocked and scared. It's very easy to have an idea, um, much, much harder to actually put it in front of people that you don't know and ask for money out of their wallet. And the sooner you do that, the sooner this thing becomes real. And it's also the moment, if you're doing it right, you get really scared. And that's what I was, I was really scared. Why scared? Because I, you know, to be, the, the truth be told, I, I didn't really know how I was gonna make all of these things. I didn't really have any knowledge of shoes and it turns out they're extraordinarily difficult to make and I was making it with um, material that had never been used before. So there was a bunch of things that were, were difficult about it. Anyone who's built anything, um, you know, will tell you there is that moment where you you doubt yourself and you know you've got to push through and uh, and and you lean on your family and your friends and um, you know my girlfriend now wife paid some of the bills and and you push through and I had a very very difficult year um, but delivered you know, delivered the thousand pairs of shoes around the world for the most part and um, you know was at another juncture. The Kickstarter campaign attracted a lot of attention from consumers and also investors. It should have been a big confidence boost. Instead, Tim was full of self-doubt. You know, my dad had started to refer to me as a cobbler, which was really annoying. <laughs> and so you're like, what am I, what am I doing? And, and this is, I mean, this is a little, maybe it's become almost a little bit of a cliched conversation these days, but I was kind of missing the why behind this whole thing. Tim's wife's roommate from Dartmouth is married to Joey Zwillinger, an engineer living in San Francisco. Joey would help Tim figure out the why. He had really committed his career to um, sustainability and the use of renewable materials. And for my, you know, as clear as my design vision was, he had an equally clear vision around a sort of revolution that was gonna come in sustainability and sustainable manufacturing, that the world was gonna need to find better ways to make things, in his words, and it was gonna happen in a whole bunch of industries, but the first industry that was going to lead the way was the fashion industry. And moreover, the fashion industry had a real problem to solve. Um, you know, I, I had in Joey a, an engineer. He'd been to Wharton. Uh, he was a he was in many ways a scientist uh, anchored in the materials and the uh, uh, the operational side of it. Um, and so I, I found the person that could do all the bits I didn't want to do. So it was perfect. It was perfect, and it was official. Allbirds was up and running, online, and crushing it. But already there were cracks in the relationship. Yeah, so we started working out of his, his mother-in-law's house in San Rafael. We raised a couple of million dollars in venture capital. Um, and we, you know, I think we had five employees. We launched, we, we launched Allbirds on the 1st of March, 2016. And we had a business plan that was largely made up and fabricated. <laughs> uh, and you know, we did a million dollars in the first month, blew through, I think, our first three years of sales inside the first six months or something. It was just, it was just took this thing took off in a way that we could never have imagined. And we, you know, we're a month into this, and and uh, I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking he's looking at me, and and we're saying, I don't think I want to work with you anymore. <laughs> you know, and I and I think we'd just been through this enormously, like six or seven months of heads down, just grinding with all the uncertainty of 
of, of whether this was going to completely fail and all the embarrassment that would come with that. And it had actually gone well. But just the emotion of building something, of, you know, with that much pressure on, 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 on so many things. And Joey had two little kids at the time. He'd stepped away from this well-paying job. And it was a moment where I just think we, we let it all out. And all the good and the bad came out over uh, a series of beers uh, one, uh, <laughs> one afternoon. And, and um, you know, it was a pretty important moment. It's an opportunity to sort of understand people's hopes and fears. It could have gone either way, I think. What is he good at and what are you good at? Uh, you know, he, uh, there's a bunch of things, very different sort of skill sets. He's, you know, he's an analytical engineer. I'm a, I'm a creative designer. So I think that's a very big dis- distinction. Uh, he's an American and I'm a New Zealander. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that cultural, um, nuance, I actually is, you know, married to an American. These two cultures go together so well, I think in many ways. And, um, and, uh, you know, the, the sense of humor and, and maybe New Zealanders lack of confidence and, uh, I won't, you know, I won't say anything. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Americans don't like that at times. So I'll say that very politely. So these two things kind of coming together. I was taught to uh, to not talk up ideas and have big ones. Culturally in New Zealand, it's a little bit of a problem in some ways. Like it's like you would never tell anyone as a kid you wanted to go to the World Cup. You just would never do that. That's that's how you get beaten up at school. You know, because you think you're good and you, know, you think you're better so than So humility is really valued. It's really valued to a point, almost to a fault. And then, I, you know, when I came to America, the biggest gift that America's given me is like, yeah, it's okay to say you're going to go do something good and then get after it. There's absolutely no shame either if it doesn't go right. That is a gift as well. And and so those two things coming together is, has been really, really valuable. And then we, we, we split it as co-CEOs and, and I ran the product and the brand and he ran the sort of operations and the supply chain and the finance and the technology and it's worked out really well. Coming up, why shoes are destroying the environment and how Allbirds wants to fix that. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. There's a lot of debate around just how bad the fashion industry is for the environment. Its complex and multi-layered supply chain touches agriculture, livestock, petroleum, mining, construction, shipping, 
and manufacturing. And the advent of fast fashion, the mass manufacturing of cheap, trendy clothes, hasn't helped. But shoes in particular have a terrible rap. She shoe shamed me. Because they essentially never biodegrade. They just live on and on and on. And 20 billion pairs of shoes are manufactured every single year. So where does that leave Allbirds? Joey had an, an enormous amount of expertise here, but we believed we could do it differently, that we could bring um, new materials to bear in, in footwear, um, and we could focus deeply uh, on them and innovate around them. We could do that not just because it's the right thing to do, but but do it because it made more comfortable products and a better experience. And I think that's a really key ins early insight. People don't buy sustainability, they buy great products. And it's incumbent on sort of business to sort of change and make things in a better way. And that was a really key kind of plank for, for the way that we were working. And we set off to do that. And we did it with one material in wool and we've added another in, in uh, eucalyptus fiber and subsequently again, a sole made from sugar cane. And you know, our belief is that natural materials are the pathway to better practice for the fashion industry. You're certified B Corps and you've stayed true to your commitment. Um, not only in the construction of the shoes are you trying to be environmentally sensitive, but what about all up and down the supply chain? It's a lot to do with certifications. You can't be everywhere, so you, you, you need to invest in materials that um, you know the best in the business and, and, and lean into certifications that are meeting the right type of environmental standards. And we do it in the case of our wool with ZQ, uh, Bon Sucre with our, sh our sugar and uh, FSC, uh, Forage Stewardship Council for our eucalyptus. Um, so those things are really important. And then, you know, you want to, uh, you want to also sort of measure and understand your carbon. So that was, a, that was another big thing. And, I, you know, I think it's a really key point because the topic of sustainability is a really complicated and confusing one. And I think if we went, went around this room and asked people, like, what does sustainability mean? Some people might say it's about water usage and land usage. And others might say air quality. And someone else is going to say end of life. Uh, you know, or transport. Um, and, and, and the reality is all of those are true and important, but they ladder up to the singular idea that carbon is the, is the scorecard that we're going to be judged by as we, as we work our way out of this environmental uh, uh, crisis that we're in. And so that was a kind of a key kind of insight for us as we've, as, as we've gone through. So measuring carbon deeply all the way through our supply chain is something that we've, that we've done um, largely from the beginning. Let's talk about the Amazon controversy. Were you surprised that they made Allbirds knockoffs and how, how pissed off were you? Uh, you know, it's, uh, we're not the first company to have been, uh, to being imitated by them. But uh, when it happens to you. Yeah. You know, you, I, 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 there was frustration. I mean, I think we've, we've, we've had so many copycats since we've launched. It's been mind blowing. And I, mean, I want to say there's north of 20 at least. Um, and they, they cropped up at a regular, uh, on a regular basis. But when the world's, you know, one of the world's most valuable companies does it in, in what we sort of thought was a, was a little bit of an unfair way, um, we were disappointed. And more importantly, I think it coincided pretty closely with, you know, uh, some of the urgency that, that consumers and customers are feeling around the environment and sustainability. And they copy the design and they don't copy our materials. And so we're, we're thinking, okay, well, fair is fair, copy the design, 
But you know what would be really great is if you copied the uh, you copied the spirit of what we're doing. And in fact, Joey, your partner, posted an open letter on Medium to Amazon last month. He invited the company to steal your sustainability practices, not just your designs. And and are you optimistic that they'll take you up on that? And and one person asked me to ask you if you'd ever heard from Jeff Bezos after he stole your shoe. Uh, we haven't, but. We hope to, and genuinely. I mean, uh, our, uh, our our soles are made from sugarcane, and when we launched that material innovation, we made it open source so that everyone could use it. In um, fact, I think that's an interesting point, Tim, that you share your innovation mm-hmm. with anyone because you would love a lot of people to use these techniques in other shoes and Abs- other products in general. Absolutely, and we do that not just because we're good guys, although we completely understand that the, 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 the topic or the challenge of sustainability is not going to be solved by Allbirds or or even by one brand. It's going to be solved by lots of companies sharing best practice and working together. And so we've understood that. It's been foundational. But we also know is that this new material, the more people that used it, the cheaper it would become. And that's what's happened. And there's now 20 companies, I, I believe, are, are planning to use this material this year. So, you know, we sort of said, um, Mr. Mr. Bezos and Amazon, why don't you use that too? That'd be great. And so that was the source of Joey's letter and, and, and it, it went well. Uh, you've got 16 retail stores worldwide, and you're opening up uh, 20 new retail locations, I guess, in 2020? Yeah? Correct. Yeah, correct. It's really exciting, and retail's been phenomenal for us. And that's we- so interesting because, you, you know, that's other people are going the other direction, right? Uh, and not opening up. I guess there's a combination of what people are doing with bricks and mortar stores versus online shopping. But you feel like you want people to have this kind of experience of seeing the actual products. Absolutely. I mean, and every, feeling them. Everyone, you know, the, the myth about retail dying or being dead, I think has been great, greatly exaggerated. And, um, you know, particularly in the case of shoes, everyone's got a childhood memory of going to a shoe store and trying on shoes with that metal device that no one knows the name of. And um, you know, and so we always wanted. We always wanted <laughs> yeah, to get. Yeah, what in. is that? And no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. It's just a thing. Um, and uh, and so we always knew we wanted to do it. I think we would be blown away by just how much our customers have wanted to come in and experience and touch the product, and then ask really, really deep questions. And then the other thing that's been amazing is, you know, the real innovation opportunity is with the people that work in retail, who for the most part are not treated all that well, and so. You know, we've tried to really think about the training and, 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 and investing in the people that work for us in stores, and that's a, just an amazing opportunity that we're just beginning to uncover, and we're excited about the 16 stores and the 20 more that we'll add, and, um, you know, the opportunity to make working at Allbirds Retail something that people are really proud of. So workplace culture is clearly really, really important to you, and before we came out, you were talking about how difficult it is, especially as you grow and expand, and more, more and more people are working for you. What, about 490 now? Yeah, it's it's uh, somewhere some somewhere around there, and yeah, it's, it's I mean, yeah, we've we've you always have little speed bumps, and I you know I think it was it was it was easy in some ways when you knew everyone's name and you knew their families and you knew what was going on and you knew Steve was breaking up with his girlfriend or you know yeah. whatever it was, and then when it gets bigger, it just how do you scale the things that you as founders think are really important and share those messages um, and create the kind of culture that. When we, you know, we have 25 people in Shanghai in an office there. How, you know, how do they take what we think is important but shape it into their own version of what's important? And I, I'd be lying if I said we've got that all worked out. But you know, I, what I do know is if 
if you get that bit right, even over and above the product and the innovation and the design, you go a long way to being successful. So we think a lot about it, albeit uh, with many answers that we don't yet have. Before I let Tim go, I asked him if he had any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs out there. And his answer was, well, pretty honest. I think that this entrepreneurship has been sort of romanticized. It's, it's normally enormously difficult. And I've been very, very lucky. And I talk about my family because I've lent on them uh, to get this, you know, get this off the ground. And it's hard. So I would be careful what you wish for would be my first piece of advice. And the second one would be... That's not very encouraging. It's, I just, I want to be honest about it. And I, you know, I think it's, it's, there's a kind of a cult of entrepreneurship. And I think only some emerging issues, of, even to understand, you know, um, some of the wellness issues around it because it's it's a really challenging thing to do and so I, I just I'll start with that one that being said <laughs> you know I, I you know go and put it out there um, uh, be vulnerable see if it's going to work um, trust that if it's weird and everyone's questioning the validity of the idea you're probably on the right track and if they're telling you that it's awesome stop right now well Tim Brown CEO co-CEO of Allbirds. Thank you so much for coming in and having this conversation with all of us today and congratulations on all your success. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here and thank you for going for, for going easy on me. <laughs> no Appreciate worries. it. Thank thank you. You. <laughs> and that does it for this bonus episode. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I'll be continuing the special Next Question Live series throughout the year as I host more innovators and business leaders here in our New York City offices. If there are folks you really want to hear from, leave me a message at 844-479-7883. That number again is 844-479-7883. Or you can email me at info at Just put next question in the subject line. And who knows, maybe your question will be the one I answer in our podcast feed. And speaking of which, I'm excited to let you all know that season two of Next Question will be launching next week. On Thursday, January 23rd, we're starting off strong with a timely episode with playwright Heidi Schreck on the Equal Rights Amendment and why the Constitution is long overdue to make room for equality. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In the meantime, if you're feeling overwhelmed by the news, check out my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call. Go to katiecouric.com or follow me on your go-to social media source, because I am everywhere, people. Until next time and my next question, I'm Katie Couric. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Courtney Litz, and Tyler Klang. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Our show producer is Beth Ann Macaluso. The associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. Editing by Derek Clements, Dylan Fagan, and Lowell Berlanti. Mixing by Dylan Fagan. Our researcher is Gabriel Luzer. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.